You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And again, Victory Monday. I'm sure the pretty police will be out in full force. Uh, Nick Chubb did his thing. You got Jarvis Landry to give you an effort of kind of what you're expecting um, more than just once a year to this point, but huge effort from Jarvis Landry, offensive line, solid defense. Uh, once you lost Ronnie Harrison on the first play of the game, you kind of knew it was going to be piecemeal patchwork. Uh, Andrew Sandejo, somebody stepped up and made some plays today other than the big three, uh, you know, not all great on his part, but still, you know, some, you know, credit where it is due. Cleveland Browns are eight and three. This is your Victory Monday Locked on Browns postgame edition. I am your host, Jeff Lloyd, joined by Pete Smith. Today's episode of Locked on Browns is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of all people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Obviously, today, just chilling uh, Sundays in the you know, late fall, early winter, uh, weather's well, not so great. But a Browns win makes it all the more better. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Pete, we've been on this bandwagon here for the last couple of weeks. Look, I don't care how it gets done at the end of the day. As long as the work gets done, this team today comes out victorious uh, without a a lot of integral pieces, whether it was Miles Garrett, whether it was Denzel Ward, whether it was Ronnie Harrison. Um, This team has obviously been out Odell Beckham Jr. for a while now. Uh, look, were you looking for a more dominant win today? Were you looking for, you know, some other things to come around? But look, none of this matters. Pete, this team is eight and three. They are in the driver's seat to play a playoff game. Obviously some big tests looming as far as, you know, what that playoff game could be. But for where this team is going, you wanted to see better from Baker Mayfield today. You saw some better. You saw some misses. You wanted to see the passing game get more in rhythm. It did for the most part. Nick Chubb, there's not enough superlatives in a dictionary for what this player is doing. The defense did the best they could, down a ton of guys. A win is a win is a win. Uh, Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the end of the day. I, I For whatever reason, I, I never occurred to me that they, they might lose. I never felt that way even in the fourth quarter. Even with that terrible spot where, I mean, they didn't even take out the card to say it was short. And, you know, the obviously the, re- the reviews on some of the you know, some of the spots. No, it felt like they were escaping there today with a win. No, the, the Jaguars never actually stopped their offense. They would do things to stop themselves. Uh, the fumble, uh, some missed throws, uh, stuff like that. Um, but uh, it just never felt – I mean, the, the Jaguars had to work hard – uh, to make some of the drives they had, and the Browns never really did, and it just felt like ultimately they would just, uh, you know, eventually roll over them, which is what they did. Um, it would have been nice to to do more um, with some of the situations and opportunities they had on offense, but 
the overall, like what, what are they trying to accomplish? You know, largely successful. I think um, it was interesting watching people, you know, basically call for the Browns to run the ball because at the end of the game, Baker Mayfield was averaging 8.9 yards per attempt. Um, and the, the running game, I think, dropped to like six point something, which it, at one point it was like 8.2. But it wasn't like the passing game wasn't working. It was really effective. It's just, um, yeah, the, the those those two big misses stand out, and there's no getting around those facts. They weren't going to be more open if it was on air. Uh, and, and that sort of gives people reason for pause. Um, the you know, in two games in a row, we're talking about um, plays that that have to be made, uh, and it didn't cost them in the standings in this one, but they're playing teams with a combined four wins. Um, you know, and you've got the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens coming up, and you would imagine that it's going to be difficult enough to to beat them in the best of circumstances. You can't just um, give away. Uh, wide open opportunities to to score points, uh, which uh, understandably frustrated. On the other hand, uh, some of the stuff Baker Mayfield did today was fantastic. He, um, whether it was, you know, just uh, completing different concepts like rolling to his left or some of the stuff they want going downfield, all that good stuff. Third down uh, had, had a number of big throws he near his own end zone had some big throws. Like there are a bunch of situations where um, the Baker Mayfield is really impressive and they're great at getting into the red zone. Now they've just got to sort of clean up, which is weird because this was a problem they didn't have up until two weeks ago. And now they've sort of run into it uh, as something that they need to sort of address. Uh, Jarvis Landry, um, had, had had an outstanding game for him. Uh, eight catches, 146 yards. Um, the Luke Barcus of the world, uh, Josiah Scotts, no chance today. No chance to stop this man. Um, so that, that that stuff is all positive. I, I really liked what I saw in terms of that stuff because those are the things that are going to have to happen if they want to be viable in, in December and, and January. Uh, you need Landry to play well. Uh, he did that today. You need uh, the offense to continue growing. I think they did that. Kadero Hodge continues to be a wizard. He's just good. Like he, he every time he catches the ball, it goes for first down. He has, uh, I think, nine catches on the season now, and they're all for first downs. He's working on that Darren Fell, working in Darren Fell's territory, uh, the elite Darren Fell's territory. And there's some other th- stuff that's still there to sort of grow. Obviously. Uh, Harrison Bryant is an area where they still have to get better. He's a rookie and he looked it. Uh, you know, you, you saw a little bit more from Austin Hooper in this one, a great pass for the, the touchdown to him. Both, both touchdown passes were fantastic. Um, so there's stuff that you like from what you see. The running game continues to well. And, and I, in the first half, I thought the Jaguars were winning the battle up front in terms of just running the ball. They were getting a lot of penetration in the second half. Uh, the Browns just sort of ran over them. Joel Batonio, uh, Wooly Wooly out there, killed a couple guys. Um, <laughs> and there were just some other plays like that. Jack, uh, Jack Conklin was great, and they ultimately just, you know, Chubb had the 146 yards or whatever it was. Hunt had a big day. But if you if you can pretend you didn't see those missed throws, you'd feel really good about this game offensively because you got – 
256 yards passing, you got over 200 yards rushing, and you got to win. Uh, that's all stuff where you're going, yeah, this is exactly who we want to be. Uh, the lingering but is is obviously the the missed throws uh, that that just sort of they they are sort of a, a, a stuck in your craw in the sense that you're, you're you're irritated that they didn't capitalize. It's irritating because it makes this what should be a, a very good game for Mayfield into a, a good game, but and then you're just sort of you know, you're, you're trying to talk yourself into Mayfield as sort of this long-term quarterback and, and there's still reasons to sort of sit there and question just a, a little bit. Overall, I thought it was really positive, uh, but uh, those, those things are, are every bit as frustrating as everybody uh, was reacting to them. Uh, and then I guess finally would be the fact that uh, just, just the sense that, uh, that, that, the Browns continue to leave opportunities to be better and, and continue to sort of give you reason not to, to fully invest in, in them as sort of a, a, a really viable team. You don't feel confident in them going against Tennessee and Baltimore in the next two weeks. And that's those two throws are basically the entire reason why. And that's unfortunate, but, you know, that's, that's sort of where we're at. Uh, in in order to take this success to another level, it's you you cannot have gimmies and give them away. Um, this team is not there yet, even at eight and three. And congratulations to head coach uh, Kevin Stefanski. Congratulations to Andrew Barry. Uh, this team had seven wins in 2018, had six wins in 2019. First time general manager, first time head coach, and at minimum are looking at a 500 season. Obviously, our eyes are pointing to bigger you know goals at this point. But everything they've gone through to go eight and three through the first eleven games, just an amazing job. And I, you know, look, they're dealing with their issues, and I'll continue to downplay it because you look at what the Ravens are going through and some of these other teams going through, whether it's legitimate, you know, football injuries or their their COVID situations. Uh, this team just finds a way, uh, you know, week in, week out, and they're not as hamstrung as other teams. I understand that, but when you're down your top three defensive players. Uh, you know, I don't care who you're playing, even if it is a now one in 10 Jacksonville Jaguars team, you, you know, you just find a way to grind it out. Obviously, he came up big, you know, uh, you know, with the two uh, two point conversions, uh, the Browns. It, it's weird, Pete, and it's weird because they're not a vertical team. But once they get to like, you know, the nine yard line, eight yard line or any closer to the goal line, it's all of a sudden like this team now it, it has like some lapses and almost can't finish. Um, I loved almost the delayed option run to Chubb because I think everybody was you know, starting to pick up on the fact that the, you know, there's just pressure in the middle of the run, pressure in the middle of the run. So you had to found a way, uh, you know, found a way to you know, escape that and obviously get the six with him. Um, I, I, still things to work on, no doubt. And, you know, what's going to help the defense? What's going to help the defense is getting some of these guys back. But on the offensive side of the ball, you know, it, it's great to go 70 yards like it's nothing. But, you know, you're not doing that to get three. You're doing that to get six. Right. Well, the thing is, like, the, those missed passes are the only reason anybody talks about, you know, why aren't we running in the red zone? Because those plays were schemed open. They should have been hit and they should have been scored. I mean, those those are situations. I mean, in, in some respects, you don't want to look at it this way, but they're, they are taking the opportunity to sort of work on that stuff. They need to be able to make a, a, a red zone throw 
to potentially take a lead or, or whatever in, in, a, in, a, in a bigger game. So you, you take the most, make the most of those reps. Sure, you're going to want to run the ball. Uh, you're going to give it to your best players as often as possible uh, in the game where you need to. But, you know, when, when you scheme it up right and you get exactly what you want, you have to capitalize. And they didn't on that. I mean, the, the Richard Higgins thing was uh, just it's it's awful uh, on every level. Uh, you know, the, the, the kid playing quarterback for the Broncos who's a wide receiver doesn't miss that throw. Um, so those are things that just have to be done. The thing that just it, it just makes the this sort of drives fans to insanity is the fact that you see Baker Mayfield miss that throw, and then I think it was like two throws later on the next drive where he makes that pick, pinpoint perfect pass to Jarvis Landry going to the sideline, yep. uh, and then later near his own goal line he he manages. I was ready to be just furious at Baker Mayfield because I thought initially he was just winging it and got lucky. But he actually did fit it in there the uh, between defenders that weren't actually moving. It looked like he just sort of forced it in, in the hole and got away with it. But he didn't. And that's the stuff where it's like, if he can do this, why isn't he doing this stuff over here? And that's sort of the thing. Baker Mayfield is capable of doing every single thing you could possibly want him to do on a football field short of running like Lamar Jackson. But he doesn't do it consistently enough to eliminate those question marks, at least not yet. The trend is positive, but as long as those plays are there, it gives people the reason to doubt. And if you don't watch the Browns on sort of a regular basis, those are the highlights you see, and you assume he's terrible. Uh, when in reality, he's protecting the ball really well, he's seeing the game really well, and there are just more situations that just need to be better, uh, avoid those those missed opportunities. And if he does that, then maybe he's not talked about as some great quarterback, but he would at least be sort of just acknowledged as a very good, efficient passer, even if you're still relying heavily on the run game, which is perfectly fine. Oh, which I'm more than okay with it. Look, folks, I don't give a crap. Uh, I don't care how it's made. Um, I want a quality product when I sit down at the table. And right now this team is eight and three um, you know, with all that they've had to go through with the slow start. And, you know, for me, you know, I, I ain't part of the pretty police. I'm looking, I'm looking right now, eight and three, and especially with the Colts losing today, especially with the Raiders getting boat raced down in Atlanta. We'll talk a little bit about the defensive side of the ball, just some general thoughts of where we are here after week 12 uh, with your Browns sitting at eight and three. More of that coming on your victory Monday, Locked on Browns. Jeff Lloyd with Pete Smith. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, Nothing feels as good as the feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals and feeling good about yourself. Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers you the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the convenience of your home, their world, the world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily and on-demand studio-level classes, always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment 
at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash code. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N.com slash NFL. Pete, the defensive side of the ball, and look, I'll understand they were you know, obviously undermanned. Losing Ronnie Harrison early certainly was a burden. <laughs> but uh, other than the Olivier Vernon, you know, helmet to helmet contact, whatever, that's a tough spot to be in. I was just, I, I was a little, a little upset. I, I don't think the pass rush was there. And it's not like Mike Glennon is going anywhere. He's literally the Statue of Liberty. Um, and after, you know, the way they've been able to kind of get after it the last couple of weeks and even last week without Miles Garrett, I, I was, you know, I was left for wanting more. Like, I just, I, it kind of stunned me they weren't able to get after. Mike Lennon more than they were. And I'll tell you right now, James Robinson, he's a nice, shifty little running back. Jacksonville, you may be one in 10, but you got something going on there. Well, I, I would point out that uh, I was very high on the Illinois State running back uh, coming out of college because that, I believe I had that. Is that where you're going? I, I did. Uh, they, they, <laughs> they ran an offense that was like Maryland I. They 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 told they knew beforehand the game was going to start. Like James Robinson was the whole thing, and they still got to the playoffs. Um, he's just a really good running back. Uh, in some ways, I thought the NFL would actually be easier for him, um, just because he's not the only thing anyone's defending. But uh, yeah, look, uh, the uh, Miles Garrett they missed significantly. I don't know if they missed Denzel Ward a ton today, other than the fact that you know. It, what it does to the rest of the DBs. But I'll tell you, the guy they missed a lot was Sione Takitaki. And mm-hmm. because he's the only guy they have. He's that, the running game bully. Yeah. He, you know, that's what he enjoys to do. Like he's a guy, who, like as much as like the, the, these guys and, and, and Derek Henry's of the world want to run the ball and thrive off contact, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in some respects, the same way. That's what Sione Takitaki is. That's what he wants to do. Other guys get worn down over the course of the game. That's literally what he signed up for. Uh, and I, I saw over the course of the game, guys turn it down. And it was really disheartening to watch. They just did not want to deal with it. Um, there's a linebacker on this team who had as many tackles as Ronnie Harrison did. And Ronnie Harrison was in one play. Um, it's just not enough. And Malcolm Smith, God bless him. That's not what he is. Um, it's never nope. going to be what he is. And and he's a guy who thrives in coverage. But you're asking to be a every down player. It's tough. B.J. Goodson is okay. Um, he'll at least get in there and, and you know, do some work. But even he is a guy who gets worn down. Not having Taki Taki against that type of back is a huge problem. And I think it's going to be a, a bigger problem because I don't think he's going to be back for the Titans. And they just don't have anybody like the point where if, if they had all their defensive linemen healthy, I would almost say just put a freaking defensive tackle behind and make him play like LeVon Kirkland and just stand up uh, at 290 pounds and go forward. It was just brutal. And, you know, when anytime the, the Jaguars threw on first down, I thought it was a win because if they didn't complete it, the, the drive was largely screwed. And otherwise, it was six yards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just he just doesn't go down on on first contact. He's a guy who just runs hard. That's why I liked him. I thought he was a, a nice back that could come in and 
you know, this is a world where I would have traded Kareem Hunt. Uh, but, uh, you know, just that style of run is is tough to deal with. And the Browns just aren't built that way. And they, they're a team that wants to com- cause turnovers. They're a team that wants to do enough to get a stop. And they did that um, a couple times, but they also gave up some just easy throws down the field. Middle of the field was a disaster. The slot position was 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 problematic. Um, they don't have enough guys there to really get that job done. And, you know, it speaks to the lack of talent that the Jaguars have, that Andrew, Andrew Sandejo had his best game of the season because he was able to make a bunch of game-changing plays because the Jaguars are bad, not because he was necessarily that good. He did make a couple of important plays. He, he you know, obviously made – uh, a nice pass breakup at one point. He made a nice zone turn to stay with the deep receiver and made the play. And then in the end, he stopped the two-point conversion. Uh, but I, I, I don't think you're going to – you can come out and expect that, oh, this is sort of the Andrew Sandejo uh, revelation Great game. game. Suddenly, exactly. yeah, I, I don't think you're going to get these. I, I think this is what happens when you get to play a team like the Jaguars, um, and and they're awful. So – defensively it was very frustrating part of it was just the fact it's not Carson Wentz Carson Wentz holds onto the ball forever Carson Wentz runs himself with the sacks Carson Wentz drops his eyes and doesn't see receivers that are open Mike Glennon's not interested in taking hits if he can avoid it he's going to throw the ball and he doesn't care and that was really his approach he, he threw a lot of passes where he just wasn't all that concerned I mean in all that it, it was like a a, a dopier uh, ostrich built Josh McCown type game, or it was just he's going to chuck it and this is what's going to happen. Uh, you know, unfortunately, they couldn't pick any of those off, but he missed a number of them uh, that sort of created some situations that the Browns were able to get out. But just overall, it, it's a disappointing effort, it, only in the sense that the effort. I'm not, I don't hate the results. Because, uh, you know, you sort of had a sense that this was going to be like that going in. I, I'm I'm disappointed in some of the situations on the effort. Like in the the, the touchdown that, that they scored at the their last touchdown where they drive into the end zone. Like I saw a linebacker named Mac Wilson, you know, sort of tap off on the pile. He wasn't in there to fight. He just sort of tapped off and was yep. intent to not get involved. That stuff drives me nuts. You, you know, you're trying to win and, and try to get in the playoffs. Like those are, you know, the, just effort stuff. Uh, is frustrating. So that's sort of where it's at. Now they get Miles Garrett back for this coming week. That in itself is a huge lift, but they're not going to get basically anyone else back. And they're going to be, uh, you know, and, and I, I can't imagine Ronnie Harrison's going to be playing for a while. They they do need an MRI, which is positive. I, I would assume if it was a collarbone, they could have just said, yep, collarbone and moved on. But um, he's probably going to be out for a little bit and you're already pressed at the depth and secondary. So you're really asking your offense to, to, to do more, um, and they have to show they can do more. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, it, it, with with what's going on on the uh, defensive side of the ball and the amount of guys that you're missing, um, that just magnifies, you know, the misses from Baker Mayfield even more. And, look, we're not knocking Baker here. This product is 8-3. and three. It's, not a, it's not that it lacks – you know, it's imperfections, which it certainly does. But, you know, next two weeks here, we're going to ramp up this competition a little bit. We're going to, you know, ramp up, you know, the skill level of these teams. These rosters are going to be a little bit more in line than what the Browns have been facing for the last few weeks. And, 
how do you combat this? Um, we're going to get to all this. We're going to talk about this, uh, you know, as far as, you know, where this team is at eight and three and, you know, how re realistic, you know, the rest of this regular season can be for them. Um, the AFC North is obviously probably well out of grasp and that's fine. Um, but right now, if you're sitting there holding the number four, I'm sorry, the number five playoff seed as the top wild card, you want to maintain it. That's the best you can do to this point. We'll get to that. Your Victory Monday, Locked On Browns, as Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith joins me, Jeff Lloyd. The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. 18 now amazing flavors, including, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Joining some of your favorites, the peanut butter the banana bread, and the mint brownie. Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they are great with the keto diet. The flavor breakdown of the cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carb. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, and you get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Pete, it's, you know, now it's, you know, we're kind of taking this active prime time. Um, for those who, you know, want to negate on the product, don't believe in this current Cleveland Browns product, you're going to have to. It's eight and three um, in a very, very muddy and murky AFC side as far as the playoff picture. But with that being said, Tennessee Titans next week, Monday Night Football with the Ravens coming to town, and we'll see what the state of that Ravens product is that week. Obviously way too early to tell. But Pete, this team is trying to essentially – Climb this mountain, get there, get better. It's, I think it's doable, but you look at the effort Tennessee put out today. And of course, you know, this is going to be contingent on, you know, Miles Garrett is great. Um, you know, hopefully there's a Doc Hollywood moment where Denzel Ward can get out here for this Tennessee game. Um, something steps up at the linebacker position because you would really love to have Sione Takitaki battling Derrick Henry. Um, look, you may understand that next week might not just happen, but that doesn't mean you still are not going to go at it full throttle and, and find a way to will it to an existence. And they found a way to do that here the last couple of weeks. It's look at eight and three, nine and three would be fantastic, but with five to go and you know, there's two that look really, really easily attainable in your pocket. Uh, you just want to continue the growth of this product. And if we saw one thing today with the cutbacks from Nick Chubb, the rolling the left with Baker Mayfield, getting the tight ends involved, it's not necessarily the scheme and the play calling. It's, you know, it, it's more about just, you know, getting better with the percentage of hits on the execution. Well, um, I don't have a problem with anyone who who questions the Browns' authenticity as a as a contender. Um, they've beaten who they've beaten, and you can certainly make a case that they've uh, 
Um, they've beaten a number of bad teams. Uh, I believe they are now 7-0 and against teams under 500. But the reason they're 7-0 and against teams under 500 is they close really well. And the one thing that, like, that's the one thing I think they are better at than any team in the league right now um, is closing games. They don't give teams many opportunities to – uh, to come back and win. And even in this one where the Jags were, Jags were quote unquote gifted one, uh, they held up and then they got the ball back and they closed it, closed it out running the ball. And that's really difficult. They, they, they make it really hard to get them off the field in that late part of the game because they've worn you down with the, the running game and some play action stuff. And they have the ability to just kill clock and, sap your will and just take you out of the game. And that's a huge uh, hat tip to, to what they've built with the offensive line. That's a, that's a credit to the running backs. That's credit to those tight ends, the receivers who block and stuff like that. And, you know, a credit to Mayfield because he doesn't turn over the ball. Uh, that's a huge benefit. Uh, if the, if not for that, which is obviously really hard to separate from this team, they're not a good team and they'd probably be a lot closer to 500. But as long as they've got, you know, almost like a Mariano Rivera-like closing rate with uh, with Nick mm-hmm. Chubb, it's tough to like to get. You have to get a lead on them, and you have to put them in a position to uh, have to be coming back. It's it's like the Ravens last year. The Ravens would get up, and you lose. Now the difference is the Browns don't win going away like the Ravens would. They get up, and suddenly they're up. You know, they go from up 10 points to up 30. The Browns have not found that gear with their offense. The difference here is, I think, staying power. The Ravens' offense is more difficult to sustain uh, because of what it demands out of its players, where the Browns are a little bit smarter, a little bit easier to sort of recreate. Uh, But when you go into it, even if you're eight and three, um, I think it's safe, safe to say the Browns aren't afraid of anyone. They can play with everyone, but obviously two of their wins this year, they've lost three games. Two of them were blowouts uh, and they've got to sort of rectify those things. They got blown out by the Titans last year. Um, this, this becomes an opportunity for them to, to, to prove doubters. And, and the fact is I don't care if people doubt them at this point. I mean, it's the same thing with, um, the, the, the aesthetics of winning, uh, you know, you know what the best part of, of winning is winning. And as long as they're going to do that, then who cares? Like, you know, it, it's like, you know, the 2002 Ohio state national championship team, you know, everybody would mock them cause they'd barely win a bunch of these games. And they ultimately end up holding the trophy at the end. You know, I don't care. It, you, you, maybe you'd like to be able to to do things prettier and, and not have to rely on some of these uh, late game situations, but that's where they are, and and they they have gotten better over the course of the season, which has been fun to watch. And now they've got a few issues to to hammer out, and hopefully they do that. But if they can beat a team like the Titans or beat a team like the Ravens, and and uh, you know have those two New York games, where hopefully they don't they don't raider that up. Uh, they can cruise into potentially the postseason, and that's really what matters. I mean, it, you, the the AFC North got a very easy draw this year. That's not the Browns; that's the entire division because they played the two, I think, the two worst divisions in football: the NFC East and the AFC South. And to their credit, 
the Browns have swept everybody they've played. Uh, the, their, their one loss was against the, the, the Raiders, which was a non, which was due to the, they, they got that game from their record, not because of uh, their, uh, any, you know, the schedule thing. So like the, the, the team that was supposed to be awful, uh, like, you know, they, they played the last play schedule may, may have sort of lost some of their playoff viability today, but up until this point, they've been a, a contender. So, you know, the schedule's seemingly going to be much more difficult next year, but they're also going to have a, 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 what I would hope hope is a more normal offseason in preparation. So if people want to doubt them, so be it. I, I give them a ton of credit for uh, their ability to navigate this incredibly difficult offseason uh, with, a, with a new head coach, coaching staff, installing everything on the fly, and they're eight and three. So to me, all I see is upside for this team um, because they, they can just get much better. So if people don't want to believe, that's fine. They're still going to be in the postseason. People can hate them there. And when they get knocked out of the playoffs, which is ultimately going to happen, they can say they were a fraud the whole time. Either way, the Browns are going to get better <laughs> for champions. it. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's fine. I I I, I just I'm so I'm not interested. Like I don't care about. I, I always get tweets about like, well, the national media will never get us any respect. Why do you care at this point? Like, you, you, at this point, just enjoy the wins. Like, I, I'm I'm always sort of bombarded with these things. Well, well, the Browns, this and that. I I you know they don't get enough credit for the Colts win. I, I watched it. I enjoyed it, uh, yep. and I enjoyed this one. It wasn't. The prettiest thing I've ever seen. I, I thought the win against the Eagles was far more satisfying, but I never had a doubt they were going to win, and they ultimately took care of it. Weird bumps and all. So I will take that and 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 run with it. And hopefully, you know, I'm as nervous as anybody about these next two games. It's an I I don't look at it as anything other than an opportunity for them to get better. The matchups might be problematic with COVID stuff, but you know. Everybody's having trouble with that, and nobody nobody feels sorry for you. So go out and hopefully play better, improve yourself. Well, and I'll, I'll go with one other thing to what you're saying. Um, imagine where Browns fandom, Browns allegiance would have been today if you were starting Michael in, in the same situation. Um, gosh, be happy with what you have, man. You know, let's not complain if the diamond shoes are too tight. Pete, I just do want to hit on this one here. Um, again here, and we talk about it, whether it was two weeks ago with the unselfish play stepping out at the one last week with the big run against the Eagles third. And I guess it was what third and 11, uh, you hit a screen to Nick Chubb. And this is one of the annihilation blocks that Pete is talking about from Joel Batonio. Um, not only does he find a way to stay in bounds, he finds a way to get that last little oomph to get the game clinching first down Pete. I, you and I both know it doesn't go with the analytics. You and I both know it doesn't really go with the sense of, you know, should you do it? Shouldn't you, you know, maybe you trade in, you know, as far as like you leased a vehicle and it's already got 50,000 miles, just go get another one. Nick Chubb, week in, week out. He's just the guy. He is probably the most unselfish player on this team. You call his number whenever you need it. And I guess today it was, what, 21, 22 touches for damn near 176 yards and a touchdown. As much as Miles Garrett is, you know, the heart and soul of this defense, week in, week out, it just continues to be proved. And maybe because we lost him for, you know, a three, you know, a four-week stretch. Nick Chubb is the heart and soul of this offense. Granted, the offensive line helps him get it done, but he is the leader 
and they follow in again another game winning clinching scenario from running back next show. Well, the the thing that made me happy about this was the fact that they were running screens to him. It's just something I, I don't think they do enough. That's what he can give you in the pass game. Well, he could do some other things. It's just that's the easiest way to do it. And all you're doing is saying, here, run with less defenders in front of you. Okay. Um, I, I like the play call there. I liked, uh, you know, again, it's it's passing yards. It, you know, it doesn't con- not considered like a clutch pass by Baker Mayfield, but it's another third and long situation where he does what he's supposed to do. And then the offensive line, Joel Batonio, uh, kilt that dude, K-I-L-T, uh, and then Chubb makes that, contorts his body to get back inside, stay in bounds, get get the yardage, um, knows the situation, understands what, what the Browns are trying to do, certainly exemplifies all the stuff they like to talk about. Um, you know, I, I still continue, I, I, I'll contend that, you know, the offensive line is the identity of this team, but, I, you know, he, he really is sort of the, the walking billboard of what, you know, this team hopes to be, um, you know, you, you're saying, what is a Cleveland Brown? I think at this point you you can almost just point at him um, in terms of what they're trying to get and add more of. He's just a great player. He does almost nothing wrong. Uh, it's almost entirely just a matter of degrees of right. Uh, and he comes through when you need him to, uh, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I, to me, he's the best running back in football. I, I don't care where other people are sort of ranked. I, I just, I have to, I watch him every, every week and I see what he does and people make criticism. Well, he's not a great pass catcher. All I know is you hand him the ball and he wins. Uh, he's going to get yards. He's going to get more yards than, than you thought he might. He sees well, I, you know, I think at the end of the, after a while, they just started calling cup runs. I don't think that was a question of vision. Uh, I think they just had the, the Jags outplayed on that. But his ability to be able to do those types of things, and, and there's sim- simply things that he can do that Hunt can't, as good as Hunt may be, that's just the difference between those two guys. And ultimately, uh, the Browns were able to win without Chubb, which is good, but they certainly win a lot easier when they have him. Um, and he provides a dynamic that's really difficult to to deal with. And I think he opens up that passing game significantly. I think the more they can do in terms of screens and stuff like that, uh, I think it just continues to open up the the potential for this team. I mean, you're getting 400 and something yards of total offense in this game, and, and, and you feel like there was more to be had. That's certainly a position I'd like to be in and continue to be in, where we're unhappy with great play and we're trying to get to that next level of, you know, perfect or, you know, optimal play. And obviously those, those missed throws aren't, uh, aren't the difference between uh, good and great, but that's everything else seems to be. So that's sort of where this thing's going and the passion that he causes other teammates to have linemen, tight ends, receivers, everybody wants to block. Everybody has this mentality of if we just get this block, then he may break it. And you see a lot of guys going out there and giving it. Richard Higgins, great blocker today. Like that stuff matters. Uh, you know, Austin Hooper getting out there and making his blocks. Like that stuff is awesome to see. And it just shows you that sort of team mentality and what they're trying to accomplish and why it's important. And even Baker Mayfield, you know, whether you believe him or not, talking about he's more excited for those Chubb runs than some of his own touchdowns. Um I don't know if that's true, but I, I can certainly appreciate it just from the football aesthetic of seeing everything sort of working together as it should and resulting in those 
uh, huge runs, big time plays that are more than just Nick Chubb. Well, and this is what we've been getting back to the last couple of weeks here, you know, and with, you know, missing guys, whether it's injury, whether it's COVID, it's, you know, 53 playing as one. And again, when your top talented players are setting the tone about, you know, what can be done to make it, you know, easier, smarter, and just play the game, you know, from a different level, it's really, it makes this product all the more enjoyable. And I'm sure it comes from the coaching staff, comes down, you know, trickles down from the front office, but where this team is at right now, you just got to love it, knowing the conditions that everybody's working through, know the limitations that they had. And this was brought up during the game today. And Pete mentioned, of course, you know, basically installing a new offense where nobody's on a field. Everybody's sitting in their house somewhere doing this through Zoom calls. Just the level of appreciation of where this team is at, at eight and three. And again, congratulations, Coach Stefanski. Congratulations to general manager, Aaron Jaberry. Eight and three in their first 11 games on the gig with all that is going on. I don't care. A pretty factor. Again, I don't give a crap. This isn't a style contest. This is a wins and losses business, and they are getting it done. He is Pete Smith, Browns Digest on Sports Illustrated. Uh, great resource, great knowledge, great work done by all these guys over there. Uh, make sure you're checking it out. Uh, Pete and his team, they're doing a fantastic job. Make sure you're following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore show itself at Lockdown Browns. Always a follow back account. Uh, DMs are open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. iTunes, Spotify. Make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you're dropping those ratings and reviews. And everybody, kick back, relax, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And by all means, I hope the coffee tastes better tomorrow. The bagels are a little bit better. The breakfast sandwich is a little bit better as you all get to relish in an eight and three victory Monday. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.